This is Robert Balgach and welcome to the Black Swan Secrets podcast. Our focus here is to help you grow as a producer and as a business owner in the life insurance industry. Enjoy the ride. Disclaimer, past performance is not indicative of future results. Strategies discussed in this podcast may not be suitable for you and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular objectives, financial situation or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Good morning, everybody. Today is January 3rd. The year is 2023. Great time to be alive in this crazy world. Can't wait to see what happens this year. The only thing I know is going to be better than last year. The last year was not pretty bad neither. Okay. So today I was just reflecting over the weekend and uh, I wanted to show you something that can happen, that did happen, right? Because we had some, some really great success stories in the last um, 12 months or so. And I wanted to show you really what happens when somebody really take ownership of their own destiny and somebody who really puts the foot down and say, this is it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to go and make it happen. So let me show you what that means. And this is the leaderboard from the year of 2021. Who remembers that one? Okay. Fauci was a hero then. That's how time flies. Okay, look at this guy here. Jamar Mitchell, 48 applications for 37, 327. And he just dabbled in it. And he's like, man, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can't. He kind of got something going in November, December. And then, so remember that number, 48 apps, 37. Look at this guy now. 301 applications, 228,000. And if you ask him right now, he's probably going to tell you he was trashed at the beginning of the year. Right. And it's really a great, great story what can happen there. And now I'm going to play a quick video that we did with Jamar a couple of weeks ago in undisclosed location in Lynchburg, Virginia. So you guys can just hear it from him right there. Let's see here. Let's go ahead. Uh, I'm from Florida, uh, born to an a immigrant. Uh, my dad's from Jamaica. Um, so he pretty much instilled like hard work uh, into me. Um, my first taste of like entrepreneurship is um, it would sn- my first taste of like entrepreneurship is um, it would snow. And most kids, we'd, we'd have snow days, of course. Uh, I live in Colorado, so it snows a lot. Um, some kids would go outside, hang out with friends, and I would do that too. But I always, uh, my parents wouldn't just like give me things. I always had to work for them. So my first idea was like, why don't I start shoveling uh, driveways? And let me charge $10 for the driveway and $5 for the walkway, if, if it's like an average um, setup. And so I would do that, and I'd come home with like $200. And she, my mom's like, 
where'd you get all this money from thinking I'm doing bad stuff? I'm like, mom, I'm just out here working. And I was like eight years old at the time. So that's what really started it. Um, then from there, um, I've always been a basketball player. So we had a basketball trip. Uh, it was a church basketball group. We were going to go to uh, Oklahoma uh, to play a couple teams in a couple tournaments. And I was in middle school at the time. And uh, like I said, my parents, they just didn't have money like that. So once again, I was like, I got to work. So um, the pastor gave me an opportunity. Hey, we, uh, you guys should sell these boxes of candy as like our fundraiser for the trip. And um, you, you pay this much for the box of candies. And then you uh, potentially can make this much off the selling the whole box. I'd go to middle school at my locker. I'm just slinging candies to all the kids. And once again, that was like another hint of the entrepreneurship. Uh, go through uh, high school, go to college, and then get out and get a normal job like most people. But um, I, I started at Verizon, and I, that was pretty much uh, where I thought I was going to keep it all. So I was with Verizon for like seven, eight years, uh, reached the top of uh, the top at Verizon, and then COVID hit. Um, things changed uh, with the company, with the world, and I just found like I liked helping people. Um, I learned when we were going through that, that I was an essential worker because we're providing uh, telecommunications to the public. Like you need your phone. Uh, so I always enjoyed being able to help people in that way. Um, but I had family members that had uh, done life insurance in the past and they were pretty successful. So I was like, uh, let, me, let me give it a shot. I'm already good at selling phones. Like I can sell anything. So I found the opportunity online, uh, took it, and uh, now we're here. So um, I saw the ad online. Um, I applied. Um, Dick Sylvester, he called me. Uh, we had a one-on-one -on -one interview. Um, it was a great conversation, and he told me what I needed to do and how what the potential was for this. So um, I took his word. Um, I took the test. I failed the first time, uh, passed the second time, uh, literally the day after. Um, and, and then, yeah, now I'm in the business. My why uh, for being in the business is like, I'd say it's definitely my family. So I still have family on Section 8 uh, in Florida where I'm from. I have family members that are living in Jamaica and they're not living the same life or got the same opportunities that I got. Like I said, I'm my dad's first American child. So I feel like I have a duty to uh, save my family and uh, bring them uh, out of the gutters of society and, and uh, bring them up to, to at least middle income, you know? So I figured out if I can do this and take care of my family and provide opportunities for them, uh, then this is the best way for me to do that. This is the vehicle for that. You know, probably my favorite story is, uh, it's kind of sad because uh, this, this client is, is actually no longer with us. So I remember this client, he was like one of my first, probably like my first clients that I worked with. We had a great conversation. I learned about him and his family. Uh, we had a lot in common. And then um, a couple months ago, I get a uh, I get a call from um, his uh, spouse, and um, he he had an accident, and he's just no longer here with us. But I've been there with them the whole process. Uh, I've been there speaking to the kids, um, trying to keep uh, a relationship with them because I know it's hard, and it hit all of us out of nowhere. Like this was a young young guy. I just like that I was able to be at the right place at the right time to get them this amount of money that's going to help them with their future, you know, because without their dad, it's going to be rough. So I like virtual sales uh, for many reasons. Um, I come from a uh, physical sales aspect. Uh, obviously, when I was uh, with 
Verizon uh, selling the cell phones, it was in person. But I like virtual sales because I can help people not in my region. I can help my family members in Florida and their friends. Um, I can help my family members and friends in Texas, right? So I just feel like as far as scaling a business goes, um, me, I can't be in every state at once, but virtually I, I kind of can. So leads are important because it's like being a grocery store, your Walmart, you need groceries for people to come in and buy from you. Um, I imagine leads is like, these are my groceries, right? And um, to have the, to make the business run, uh, these groceries got to sell. So virtually I'm buying my, I'm buying my paycheck every time when I pay for these leads. When you get to a certain level in this business, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to 5X, I'm going to 10X, I'm going to 20X my investment. That's up to you and your skill level. Um, so if I know that I'm going to 10X every single time, then why would, and you know that you can pay for the leads, why not pay 1000 Why not pay 2000 If you are that confident in yourself, do it. Show how confident you are. So I think it's great building your own business opportunity because where else can you get a monthly raise an hourly paycheck don't get me wrong it's safe it's uh, it's nice but you're always going to be controlled and stuck in the system to a certain extent if you are a slave to that hourly paycheck um with uh being an entrepreneur and um buying your own leads and creating your own business you have that freedom you could just see how, okay, this is how Apple was started. Okay, they started, it started small. You gotta go through the trials and tribulations. You gotta prove yourself. You gotta dig down, figure out who you are. And especially when you become a, a business owner, you really figure out like, can I handle this? What kind of person am I? Do I have what it takes to grow this thing? And then once you do and you prove that to yourself, it's real good for the confidence in yourself. Okay, so that was Mr. Jamar Mitchell from the heart. And I know, Dick, you're the first one that actually talked to Jamar before Jamar was Jamar. So I would love to, to hear your thoughts as you saw Jamar growing in, uh, in the last 18 months, Dick. It's like having a child or a grandchild and just watch him go from crawling to walking to running to playing football on a high level. Um, I'd heard parts of Jamar's story. I hadn't heard it all. Uh, just thinking the way he thinks uh, in terms of, I, I didn't realize about his family. I knew he was, his father was from Jamaica, but I didn't know he still had family in Title Eight housing. And this is just inspiring to see how he has gone from zero to a hundred mile an hour. And you're right, at the beginning of last year, a year ago, he had a lot of growing to do, but he really embraced it. And it just, it's encouraging to say the least on our part. That's it. And one person that has been working with Jamar from day one was Marsha Seacrest. They've been kind of be became friends offline, just uh, trying to go through this whole journey together. So, so Marsha, what else did you notice about Jamar in the last 18 months? Well, when he first started out, he was an enthusiastic mess. He was wonderful, but we were like, what are you doing, buddy? 
<laughs> he was tough, but then he kept working on it. He he knew he was going to be bad before he was good, and, and he really was. But he did it with such enthusiasm, you know. Um, he wasn't afraid to reach out and call. And that was really cool. It didn't matter, you know, that there wasn't any cross team thing. So he was reaching out and he'd be like, what do I do with this? And we kind of brainstorm it and work it out. But he's always, he's got a heart for the people. He's not afraid to get in there and get it done. And he's, he's very courteous. He it's, it's easy to deal with him. I remember Dolly going, he is so easy to work with, man. We just got to go because he's organized and efficient and he'd listen. Leo tell him what to do and, and he's doing it. He's like, what are y'all doing, man? They told us. He's taking notes. He's making it happen. Everything that we did, he would just integrate it and make it happen. And you you could just see him getting momentum like a locomotive. And now 230-some thousand, man, big props to you, buddy. I, it's, it's exciting to see. And you didn't get all cocky. That's really, really important. You know, because you're still a little younger than, just a little younger than I am. But um, to see you making the steady progress and, and bringing it in. And, you know, you're someone people like to turn to because it's easy to talk to you, whether they're a client or someone on this team. And that's invaluable. We, we love having you on the team. I'm so proud of you. And, and Lee Corbett, I think uh, Jamar attended every rookie round table that we ever had last year, right? Uh, for the most part, you know, uh, you know, so first of all, I just want to say congratulations to you, Jamar. Um, fantastic 2022 and, and can't wait to see what you're going to do in 2023. But, you know, like Marsha said, you know, he is, he's the consummate student. You know, I, I talked um, last, last week on the Ricky round table, we had some, you know, some light days. So we, we kind of had a chance to just talk about some things. And, and I talk about the top two producers in our organization and, and what are some of the habits, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to say this again, because we got most of you guys here. And, and, he, and it's, it's right here, guys. We always say success leaves clues, right? They, success leaves clues. If you do what successful people do, you'll have what successful people have, right? So watch this right here. Marsh and Jamar, mirror image. Didn't miss a, didn't miss a, a, a week with leads, right? So they, they stayed on their leads. They, they, they had a constant supply of leads. And, and then, um, and he talked about that, just like that being his groceries, if he had a grocery store. And then number two, you talk about coachability. Marsha stated, I can't tell you how many times he's called me having a small little issue here or there. I give him a small little tweak. He applies it and bingo, he's back on track because you're going to have trials and tribulations through that first year. And you're going to have it in the second, third year, but not like that first year. That first year is going to be done. But if you can stay coachable, and that's what Jamar has done. Um, if Dick has given him something, if I've given him something, Marsha, Coach K, Robert, if we give this young man something to do, he goes out. He doesn't go, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I don't He's like, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. I come from a cell phone world. Let me listen to the people that's done. It. That's something I want you guys to implement. I want you guys to implement it right away because we're about to jump into 2023. Because if you want those type of results, then you've got to take action quick, right? When you get, when if Dick gives you some advice, I'm going to just strongly recommend that you say, hey, let me see, can I apply it on this very next call, right? Don't sit up and say, well, I don't like to try it. I mean, because you, you you don't know, right? And as I always tell agents, don't trust me, try it. If you can prove that it doesn't work, then you don't have to do it. But just try it because the, the, that's where the blueprint is. You know, you've got so much experience here and, and Jamar has sucked it up like a sponge. 
and, and kind of like a, like a little brother, I guess more like a son with the age gap. But phenomenal young man, super proud of you, Jamar. Um, you got some people chasing because here's the thing. The higher you get up, the higher you climb, the more your butt is exposed, right? So people start looking at you. They got targets on you. I know we got some agents that say they want to they don't want to be like Mike. They want to be like Jamal. So um, keep giving them something to shoot for. But I think we got some people this year that's going to come gunning for you, big guy. We're proud of you. Keep doing your thing. And I'll see you at the top, as I always say. So thank you for that, Lee. Thank you, Marsha. Now let's just unmute the CEO of Tethered Spire, Mr. Jamar Mitchell. So tell us main lessons of 2022. What you want to do in 2023? What's on the horizon? What should people expect from you? Right. A lot of stuff. Hey, first things first, um, I've had some audio interface issues. How's my audio coming in right now? You sound like you're 12 years old. Yep. It's still doing it then. That sucks. Uh, I'll, I'll call in on my phone. All right. Yeah. I flew to um, Virginia and I brought my setup because we were recording some stuff. And um, I think that's what messed it up, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that's cool to see the video. That was my first time seeing the uh, original cut for it. So that was dope. Um, but yeah, one big thing I just wanted to say was, I think one of the biggest things that helped me is you guys said I didn't miss pretty much any rookie roundtable, which y'all shouldn't miss any of them. But um, I also went to every single um, Equus uh, meeting that we had. And I think that's important if you guys are early and we have one coming up uh, mid-February, the earlier, the sooner you can go to one of these things in person. I think that's really when you get the bug, you get bit. And you really get like, you start believing a little bit more and you start seeing the people who are really making money and you're like, okay, all right. So I could be like that. But yeah, uh, that was dope. And so my goals for this year, um, I, last year's goal was 200,000, uh, eclipsed that. And I knew I was going to do that. So I kind of wanted to, um, I moved my goal to 250, obviously didn't hit that super close. So obviously this year, bare minimum needs to be I'd say 300,000 now that I have uh, the confidence and the everything that I need uh, to run the business. And the other main goal is uh, obviously I've, I've brought in uh, a couple friends and family members that as you can see are no longer here with us. Um, but that's a part of the game. So just want to find maybe like two, three agents, solid ones that are going to stick around and believe in themselves and uh, be willing to not quit, not give up. Cause like you, you quit this, you're going to quit the next thing too. So you might as well just sit, you might as well get good here and just call the day. So I just want to build the team. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my main goal for next year. That is awesome. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to see what happens there.